and welcome to CausePods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at CausePods, we have one simple mission, to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes and make the world a better place, whether it's in their own local community or they're taking on global issues. Please visit us at causepods.org where you can learn about our guest show, their favorite charitable cause, join our Facebook group with resources for cause-based podcasters, and find a link where you yourself could be a guest here on CausePods. Again, that's all at causepods.org. All right, folks, taking you out to Las Vegas, being joined by Scott Davidson, host and creator of the Living Adaptive Podcast. And I'm going to let him get really into this. This is a fascinating story, but it's all about championing the adaptive community and a little disclosure, I've known Scott for a little while now. I actually did a little work helping him with his podcast journey, and I'm so excited to reconnect with him and hear how it's going, hear where he's at, and share this with you. Scott, great to see you again. Thanks for joining me here on Call Spots today. You know, it's incredible to be here because like, it's been years. I've been talking to you for years. I came to you when I'm like, I don't know what to do in this podcasting world, and I reached out to you, and we started working together, man. It's awesome to be here. It's funny because you're telling me how I helped you, but you helped me too. You were one of the first people that I offered that particular service to, and it gave me a ton of confidence to grow it and expand it and offer in a lot of different ways. So I probably owe you way more than you think you owe me right now. When I got around you, it was kind of like, you know, like when you try a new outfit in high school or something like that, and you're like, you don't know if it's going to work and you're nervous that people are going to make fun of it. When I approached you for the consulting side, I'm like, here goes this new outfit, whatever I'm doing here with this podcasting side, is he going to laugh? And you were totally cool about it. And it was so in depth and I utilized pretty much everything across the board. And I still have that, you know, that form that you sent back to me, like of like stuff we needed to work on and things like that. It was a pretty incredible experience. And and since then, of course, I, I refer to you as like somebody says, how do I start a podcast? How do I do this? And I'm like, I can tell you what works for me, but I'm about to refer you to somebody else, you know? <laughs> well, and we greatly appreciate it. So for everybody first listening, tell us what is the Living Adaptive Podcast, right? Like what brings you to creating this show? Okay. So first, the podcast is all about the Adaptive Tribe, meaning physical disabilities in particular, because adaptive, everybody's adaptive to an extent, you know, but in the case of like adaptive here, disabilities have kind of taken over this name, you know, this label of being adaptive. So you have adaptive athletes and so forth. Well, anyways, there was no stories out there for that. And a lot of people were struggling, including myself. When I started living adaptive, I remember being kind of not in a great place. I wasn't adapting as a second. And also I wasn't like doing something I really wanted to do with my life. I didn't have a passion project and it was just a culmination of like, I wanted these stories. I wanted a passion project and I wanted a way to empower the adaptive community, my community. And so that's how living adaptive really got started. What motivated me to do it. And then being a member of the adaptive tribe, I'm born with a congenital birth defect called clubfoot, most commonly known as that. And I have a particularly severe version that's bilateral and it impacts all the way up my chain on my legs. So like this was a place for me to like bring a community together, be part of the community and tell some really rad stories. Let's go back a little bit to why when you were trying to find an outlet, find a way to communicate with people, find a way to tell these stories, like what drew you to podcasting specifically? I'm a huge fan of podcasts, whether they're comedy, whether they're just story based 
whatever it may be. I'm a huge fan of the spoken word. I feel like you can bring so much to the table with a spoken word. And being that I was a fan, I was listening to podcasts every day. My commutes were long. Maybe I was working out, whatever it was. It's just what I knew. You know, it's something that I loved. And so podcasting was it. I thought this is where I want to go more than social media or vlogging. And yeah, I do vlog and I do hit social media quite a bit, but podcasting is like the ultimate in terms of passion projects for me because it's something I love. So other than loving podcasts, did you have a sense of how podcasts specifically could help you build your tribe, connect with your tribe, tell your story, or it was just a, I love podcasts, like I just want to give it, give it a go. No, I knew exactly. It was a very calculated move. In terms of the technical side, in terms of all the stuff I reached out to you for, that I didn't know so much what works, what doesn't, but I knew how I was going to work with the community. I knew that telling these stories, I knew that gathering these stories and picking the right personalities, maybe they're athletes, maybe they're comedians, whatever they are, just pick the best in the game, people that have already spoken on a subject on how to adapt to the various difficult circumstances, and it was going to work. It just means now I got to figure out how to deploy this stuff and how to make it happen. So like that whole technical side was the problem. Right before we jumped on, you were telling me what this podcast has led to, right? Like, so I guess I want to kind of reset. What were your expectations of what this was going to lead to? And then what was the reality of the journey that it's taking you on? Okay. It was a really selfish endeavor in some ways. I wanted to actually like myself. I hated looking in a mirror at my body, how different it is. I have like five and a half, six inch ankles on a frame. That's like 180 pounds, six foot three. I look very odd. I look very different. People take pictures and I didn't love myself. I didn't like myself. That was the number one goal. I think at first was like, man, how do I get to a place like where I can appreciate myself and accept where I am? And then on the other side is like bringing those stories, the goal of bringing everything together as a community and empowering each other. You know, it was that. So tell me about the community you've grown through the show. Okay. So we got a really strong community in the show. A lot of it is adaptive people, meaning people with physical disabilities. And then a lot of it is supporting organizations and that can go to companies too, major brands and things like that. And so we have very big spectrum of guests. Usually it's going to be a member of the adaptive tribe in terms of having that physical disability, but it's also going to include organizations like Zappos, Osprey, things like that, that we bring on. And then a lot of comedians. And so like that's opened a lot of doors. You were asking earlier about opening doors. Podcasting opened a ton of doors. I mean, first it connected me to some really amazing figures, people you may have watched on TV that have done some really amazing things despite probably some of the worst physical challenges you can imagine. And that opened the doors to connecting to them. And financially speaking, I actually rejected every single sponsor. And I've had quite a few ask to sponsor this show, but just for what the subject matter is and, and things like that, it just wasn't worth the, the squeeze. I wanted to keep everything as real as possible. So it did open a door to sponsorship, but then it also opened a door to competition and nonprofits reaching out and elite climbing teams reaching out and things like that. And so I got to go challenge myself physically too and do some amazing stuff there. So like podcasting has been really good to me, but I want, you know, I should add this too. The best part is, is that some of the individuals I've decided to interview are quiet individuals with very low social media followings, haven't been on anything and their stories have fundamentally changed every fabric of my being. That's, probably the biggest thing. 
Give us a good example of that. Diana Doyle. I point to her a ton, also Jill England, but I'll start with Diana Doyle. Diana Doyle, she is in Australia now. She was in LA and her kid had a disability where essentially her the body shut down over time until the kid passes away. And hearing Diana's story of being a caregiver and how she went through that, and then at the same time, her sister passes away and her dad passes away, and all of this is going on and hearing how she navigated it and get her insights on that changed me because I was so used to hearing from the patient instead of the caregiver, you know, and hearing the caregiver really changed me. That was early on in podcasting. And then you've got somebody like Jill England, who's now life coaching and doing a bunch of great things. But her story was like Fault in Our Stars, where she had a best friend. They both had osteosarcoma. They both lost their legs. And Scott was his name too. When Scott, you know, as they got a little bit older, Scott got worse and she didn't. And Scott died while they were, you know, patients together in a hospital, spending holidays together. And that changed everything. That changed everything about me because you hear how real life is, how limited our time is, and what we do with our time is so important. Well, and it seems like you already kind of had that attitude, but it seems like it has only grown and been reinforced in you having done the show oh for sure i mean like when there's a lot of hate out there like in the last like nine months you know election and stuff like that it's pretty easy election covid everything's going on and then i can sit back and say i appreciate my health right now i appreciate the present moment because there's so much focus on the past and the future and I've learned to kind of settle that and just focus on what I have right now and appreciate it. And I think I learned that from those two in particular. What about the audience? What do you, you know, you talk about building a community. What has been that experience like? What has been the best tactics for growing a community? And, you know, how have you, I don't want to say take advantage of, I mean, I know you said you're doing this for selfish reasons, not truly, but right, like what has been the best consequences of having that community that you've built okay so the community how i built it first is what i think a lot of people miss out on is social media i had to take the dive you know i'm in a 90s kid and social media was like myspace or morse code i don't know but like it was just not great i had to take the dive and just be out there on social media and build it that way what was the what came from it was a lot of individuals that were hard charging individuals that joined into the community and helped build this living adaptive they understand that i don't make money in this and so at the same time they want to build it too because they're like all part of this investment to get good stories out there to be part of something and then it's gone as far as we've built teams teams that like participate in races and other things like that so like we have teams like we call it reckless adaptive i'm wearing a shirt reckless adaptive right now in fact and we call it reckless adaptive because like a lot of the audience has been hurt, spinal cord injuries, whatever it may be that has caused it, a lot of military people, things like that, that have gone through so much. And like the whole idea is like, don't be scared to get hurt again, be a little reckless. And maybe you were just born different like me and your body is going to, you know, slowly not go well. And, but like, you still got to roll the dice and take some risks. So we do that together. The audience and myself, you know, if they want to participate, they have opportunities there. Also, they participate in the idea of like lifting up the guest. A guest may come on. We try to get a good following happening afterwards and just supporting, you know, supporting that person that came on and shared their story. If they're already a celebrity, you know, it's not going to matter. But for the people that aren't, this has been a, a good, a really good thing. 
So, I mean, it sounds like you have really gained not just listeners. And I mean, even not just like you legitimately have friends, right? Like you legitimately have new friends, new family almost from this podcast. I would go as far as to say my very closest friends currently, you know, you got childhood friends. There are always going to be very close friends, but my very closest friends the last three to four years were guests on this show and it came from the show. That's exactly how you should be doing it. All right. So as part of this interview, you wanted to, as part of your appearance on the show, you wanted to raise awareness and fundraise for the range of motion project, R O M P global.org. Uh, if you want to learn more and donate, but tell us Scott, what is range of motion project? What do they do? And, and why were you excited to support them? Okay. Range of motion project is a nonprofit based out of Colorado and also in Ecuador. So there's a CPO. David Krupa. And David was born with a congenital condition that resulted in him amputating his leg. And so David went on to school himself and uh, to become a CPO, work in prosthetics and orthotics. And he went down, you know, to help out in Latin America. And I think it was Guatemala at the time. And he's helping patients. He's a young guy. And he's like, I can't leave. I just helped him, you know, get a leg. I can't leave. We got to follow him through. So he never left. He stayed down there, set up a nonprofit clinic with a couple others, you know, and they set up this nonprofit clinic and they've been outfitting the disability community down there with legs using oftentimes recycled parts from here in the US and it relies a lot on funding. And it's not just prosthetic legs. They do get some AFO users like myself down there. So there's some love there, but it's an amazing thing. This whole organization has not just built a way to outfit the underserved population. They also do it here in the US, but they've also built a community and this community is so beautiful. I mean, that we all climbed together for the 30th of the ADA signing. We did that in this past summer. And then the elite team, we didn't get to climb in Ecuador. We planned to be there 20,000 feet up and summit in Cotopaxi. We didn't get to do that, but we got to unify and climb together again in September when we were supposed to climb. But with the Range of Motion Project, it's offered so much to me. It's opened doors to me, but it's opened doors and it's created people that were suffering that didn't have the ability to walk. They're now walking and they found a way to do it. And people donate their time and money to make this happen. It's probably one of the most meaningful organizations in a disability community that I've ever encountered. And I got to tell you, when it comes to the adaptive side, the physical disability side, I probably encountered almost every single one of them that is known here in the United States. And I've met with so many of them and I've interviewed quite a few of them, but nothing tops the range of motion project. And I make no money with them. In fact, I pay to be part of them. I, in fact, I tried to fundraise about five to 7,000 this year. We fell short due to COVID, but you know, I'll do it again next year. Well, once you have a link for that, make sure you send it along, depending on when this goes out. If we can, we'll sub your link in for their link, but either way, we'll definitely share your efforts and make sure that anybody interested can you accomplished your goal to support them. In the meantime, though, once again, it's rompglobal.org, Range of Motion Project. And like we said before, sometimes it doesn't take a huge donation. Sometimes these guys just need a couple of bucks here and there just to show that more people are interested in helping them out, even if they can't give as much money as you know maybe you would want to. So you've been doing this podcast now for God, what is it, almost four years? Almost four, yeah. What have been some of the biggest lessons and takeaways from doing this and things that you would pass on to somebody else who like you loves podcasts, wants an outlet, wants to be selfish, wants to build a community, whatever their reason is for 
trying to launch a cause-based podcast, what would be, you know, one or two best pieces of advice to help them get going or help them to be successful in their endeavor? I've got a few pieces and I'll make it quick. First, don't expect to make money. This is here for passion. Don't expect to make money in this. If you go in with that perspective, you're toast. It's probably not going to work out really well. It may, it may with the right resources, it may, but going it, going it for the love of the game for sure. Second is that save your time, save your time. This is going to kind of promote you, but save your time because you can spend a long time researching what to do, how to form a podcast. Why don't you just save that time, hire somebody like I did to figure out what's best for it. It took one consulting session for me, but I have reached out to you for other stuff too. But like invest in that, invest in yourself and invest in your time. Go ahead and do that. And third, if you don't publish, this is the biggest one. If you don't publish that week, don't kick yourself. Just send a notice out. You know, like I, that was the thing is I felt this ultimate pressure to keep up this podcast forever. Like I've got this publication schedule, you know, like when I released that pressure and just said, Hey, we're not publishing this week. And I did it again and again, it started to become more fun. You know, things were fun again. The pressure, it wasn't work anymore. Well, I like that you do this for the passion of it. You do this for the joy of it. You do this for the selfishness of it, which a lot of people are going to be like, selfishness. It's perfectly acceptable to do this for a selfish 100%. Reason, especially when it, the selfishness is such a important cause for so many people, helps so many people, connects so many people, creates a community. And so it is just a, a fantastic story. Um, super happy to see your progress and happy where you are. And you know the confidence that you have doing it, not that you were really that, you know, not that you were lacking in confidence, but like you're just, you are glowing in it right now as I get to look at you as we're having this conversation. So everybody go check out Living Adaptive. You can find it at livingadaptive.com. Of course, there'll be a link to the show, a link to Apple, Google, Spotify right here in the show notes and at causepods.org. Again, rompglobal.org for the Range of Motion Project. And we'll have links so you can follow Living Adaptive and Scott and his adventures on social media. He's got some really cool pictures of some of the climbing he did recently, or depending on when you look at it. But like, it's it's a lot of good stuff. It's not just a, check out my episode, check out my episode. Like, it's a good, it's a good follow. Uh, Scott Davidson out there in Las Vegas, thank you so much for joining us here on CallSpot today. Thank you, Matthew. You're the man. You know, I appreciate everything you've done for me too. So I appreciate being here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. If you've been inspired by the work of our guest, please check out the show notes to this episode in your podcasting app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their show, their website, their podcast links on Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as a link to support the charity that they highlighted here in this episode. You will also find at causepods.org a way to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcasting app, how to sign up to be a guest on this show, and a link to our Facebook group, which is going to have special resources just for the folks who are podcasting for a good cause. And I can tell you right now, we've got one great deal from our friends at PodPage, but you're only going to learn about it and get that special deal if you are a member of the Facebook group for Cause Pods. And before I go, I should say thank you in particular. The show is edited and produced by Ben Kiloy of the Military Veteran Dads Podcast and what a great job he has done. And all this is made possible because of the great support that I receive from Shannon Rojas here at thepodcastconsultant.com. Once again, if you want to learn more, go to causepods.org. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time on Cause Pods. Mm-hmm.